Hello and welcome to the Irwin Mitchell podcast, here to keep you up to date with legal and financial news that matters to you. My name is Zara Pabani, partner at Irwin Mitchell, and today's topic on the table is pensions. Joining me today from our pensions team is Penny Koga, one of our partners specialising in pensions law, as well as Naomi Neville, who is a partner and specialist in estate planning and inheritance tax. Also, Marika Gallen, a senior associate from our family team who deals with complex finance cases. And last but not least, Victoria Gammon, one of our in-house chartered financial planning experts. We're going to try and demystify pensions to help everyone understand what they are, how they work and how to protect them and yourselves. Thank you all for joining me. So, Victoria, let me start with you. Let's go back to basics. Can you tell the audience very simply what is a pension? Why is it important and when should you start one? Yeah, hi, thanks for that. Hello, everyone. So uh, what is a pension? In very uh, simple terms, a pension is just a savings plan. It's a very tax efficient savings plan. You can either uh, start a pension yourself or you can do one through your employer. The earlier you start, the better it is and the more money you'll save. The more money you'll save, the bigger part you'll have in retirement. And with that part, um, it can give you an income stream anytime from the age of 55. Fantastic. Thank you, Victoria. One of the things I've learned is I have a six year old daughter and I was advised that you could start a pension for her now. Even a pound a week now will make a massive difference for her future. So that that advice of you can never start too young, I think, is really important. Coming to you, Marie. So people work really hard and put their money into their pensions, really building them up so they become this valuable asset. But what happens if there is a relationship breakdown that ends in divorce? What then? What happens to one person's hard-earned pension pot? Thanks, Zara. Yes, it's interesting. There are statistics which say that something like 34% of people don't make a claim against pensions on divorce. And pensions can often be one of the largest assets. They are available for sharing as part of a divorce. And it's absolutely crucial that if you are divorcing, that you take the time to understand the pensions that each party holds, look at the value of those and get some specialist advice about whether or not they should be shared as part of the process of sharing all of the assets such as property and income etc. Thank you for that Marie. Really interesting that these pensions can be shared in this way and also concerning for people at times I'm sure. Penny let me bring you in here. Why don't you talk to us about the different types of pensions that people may have? Yes it's important that you know and understand the type or types of pension scheme that you're dealing with. Apart from your state pension these will vary depending on what job or jobs you and your ex have been in. If you've worked in the public sector as a teacher, doctor, dentist, or in local or central government, you'll be in a public sector scheme. The pension benefits are based on a set formula using salary and length of service. Public sector schemes carry out an internal pension share, so the ex ends up with a pension credit in the public sector scheme that stays there and can't be transferred out. If you or your ex worked in the private sector, your pensions are usually now defined contribution schemes where there's a pot of money that's been built up for retirement that gets shared and the ex can transfer their pension share out to a pension scheme of their choice. If there's a family business, there can be a family pension and it can be hard to implement a pension share because the scheme has illiquid assets like property or over assets over the business itself. These types of pensions cause most problems. So if you've got one of these, take specialist advice early on. Or also if you've got international pensions, as these can't be pension shared, So you do need specialist input. 
Thank you so much, Penny. It's clearly really important to know what you've got and what it can and can't do. Naomi, coming to you. So when you're doing your will and considering your estate, how does your pension play into this? And what do you advise people to do or think about? Well, thanks, Ara. In the past, it was typical to think of pensions as a pot um, for retirement only. Um, but they have, due to changes in tax legislation, become such good tools for passing capital value to the next generation um, in an inheritance tax efficient way. And so more and more people are using them to save money to pass on to children, grandchildren or other beneficiaries as part of estate planning. As Penny was just mentioning, there are lots of different kinds of pensions and the things that people need to think about are different for every kind of arrangement. And so the key really is to take specialist financial and legal advice to make sure you're making the most of your particular arrangement and that that fits your family circumstances and your wishes best. Thank you for that. That's really, really important advice there. Victoria, coming back to you, can you tell me what advice would you give to somebody who either doesn't have a pension or has one but has no idea how it's performing? So, yeah, so I think the uh, first question, somebody that doesn't have a pension, my advice would be set at one as soon as you possibly can. And there's no minimum age for setting up a pension. So we have some clients that uh, want to set up a pension for uh, their children. We have clients that want to set up uh, pensions for their grandchildren. So the sooner you start, even if it seems like a fairly small amount, um, that you will start that snowballing effect. So contributions from the, a young age means that, you know, a, a larger contribution contribution and, and a bigger lump sum over the, the lifetime of that pension. And the bigger the pot, that means uh, the bigger income stream uh, you can look to get in retirement. I think coming on to the second question, when we've, we've you know, nowadays it's uh, not uncommon to have multiple employers over a career lifetime. And that means that we can be left with different pots in different places, maybe some um, that are uh, different names and we've never we've never updated names if we've got a divorce or we've got married, different addresses, all those sorts of things. And um, so I think the important thing is not to lose track of them and to receive advice on them. As part of the IM asset management, we work alongside uh, our legal team to make sure that we can provide the right advice for our clients no matter what the circumstances and make sure that that is uh, your pension is current relevant it's up to date it's in the right level of risk for you uh, and it's on track to do what you want it to do that's great thank you victoria so right so many people have so many different pension pots and i imagine putting them together would be far more valuable than keeping them apart but but you're the you're the expert so people need to come and talk to you about that marie coming back to you so we often see divorced people rebuilding their lives as well as their asset base and in particular their pensions. Then they find a new relationship and quite rightly, they may want to take that leap of faith and remarry. But understandably, they might be nervous about what's going to happen to their assets and their pension if the relationship doesn't work out. What advice would you give to somebody in that position? Yes, Sarah, we've already talked about the fact that pension sharing orders um, are available and it's a misnomer to say that they're only available where the assets have accrued during the marriage. Um, any asset, assets that have built up even before marriage can be shared if required to meet need. So if you are looking at marrying later in life or perhaps on a second or third marriage and you want to protect the assets you accrued such as a pension, you need to think about entering into a prenuptial agreement. 
whilst it's in a podcast about prenuptial agreements, what the court have said about them recently is that they're intended to create certainty. And what the court will do is, subject to meeting the needs of both parties, is give effect to that certainty. So the best thing that you can do if you are looking at entering into an, a new marriage um, is get some advice about protecting assets you've already accrued, and that includes pension assets. That's really helpful, Marie. Wealth protection is obviously crucial when you're building up these assets. Penny, coming back to you, I know we're trying to see, keep it simple for our audience, but pensions seem quite complex to me. So what would you advise people when they're, who should they go to, to look to get advice about pensions? Yes, it, uh, pensions is a complicated area and you can come across quite a few problems with pension sharing. Um, you might find that the value you receive on the pension share is lower than expected. You might find that the pension provider has delayed implementing the pension share. You may find your ex fails to provide all the information the pension provider needs to implement the pension share. You may run into problems over pension tax. And although the government is simplifying this, it's still a really complicated area. You may not get the clean break you are hoping for because the pension invests in the family business. So it's difficult to actually implement pension share or their overseas pensions that just can't be shared. We've seen it all. We can anticipate these problems. We work with our clients to help them get the results that they're looking for. And we can also help them manage and make formal complaints if things do go wrong to the pension providers, the pension trustees, and ultimately the pensions ombudsman. That's very useful advice, Penny. Thank you. Naomi, if there is one thing you would tell someone to consider in terms of their pension, whether in life, death or on divorce, what would that be? Well, I think the key thing that everyone can really easily do um, is to make sure that their wishes are followed um, in the event of a, a death. Um, um, and after that time, a decision has to be made about who any future pension benefits can be paid to. And um, in order to do this, it's really important to keep pension nomination forms up to date. And you can do that to take account of any of your changed circumstances or if your wishes change. Um, and so one of the things I suggest to, to most of my clients is think about making a recurring diary entry for once a year um, to remind you to complete a new nomination form, date it with that fresh date. And you can do that even if it's exactly the same as last year's wishes, but it makes absolutely clear that those wishes are up to date. So if you haven't got a pension or do have one but don't understand it or have no idea how it's performing or indeed whether it's going to give you what you need or want on retirement or indeed divorce, then take financial and legal advice. It's a really important and valuable asset. Whilst it might seem overwhelming or scary to deal with your pension, just push it to the top of your to-do list and reach out and contact a professional who can help or support you. You can always contact us here at Erwin Mitchell and we'd be very happy to help. And that's it for today, folks. Thanks for listening to this Erwin Mitchell podcast. If you found it interesting, then join us for our next episode. Thank you to the panel. Goodbye for now. <laughs>